Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm your host, Matt Perkins, joined, as always, by Badger legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how are we feeling today? The Hebrew. I almost beat Ron Dane on our poll, I heard. Almost. Almost. I was but actually the 65th guy, so I, didn't, I was one. I didn't make it. Um, you were in the but- play-in tournament. <laughs> Cinderella, Cinderella story. Listen, I'm in the NIT guy. Uh, you know, I'm the NIT. We're good. Uh, you know, I, and we have a great, a great person to come on. Um, one of, I think, Wisconsin's favorites, David Absolutely. Gilreath. Uh, David, before we start getting into you, I don't know if you voted at all for any of the the, the Sweet 16 players we had, but Ron Dane won. And I, I mean, I, I would have bet on him to win, but he beat Jonathan Taylor, which was actually pretty epic. I actually think the four, the final four was pretty amazing, t- to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah. With, with Joe, was it Joe Thomas, John Taylor, with Ron Dane, and uh, missing one? Maybe, maybe JJ Watt. T- yeah, JJ, yeah, JJ Watt. JJ Watt. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you going to pick to the World Series? Head on over to betonline.ag to put in your best bets now. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. Head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You know, like for me, I never played with Ron Dane or pretty much any of those guys except for um, Joe Thomas. What's it like for a guy like you? Like we never met until you started working for the foundation. And it feels like we're just brothers off the just automatically. Now I spent more time with you. We've, we played golf together. So we are brothers. You didn't know that. We are brothers. Um, <laughs> we were both looking for our ball in the same exact woods and, you know, rough and all that. But what's it like, you know, like, what's it like, who were the guys that when you got to, to town were like, dude, these are the dudes like Ron Dane for me, Aaron Gibson, some of these guys that I, you know, like were right before me, who are the guys for you? Who are like those folklore guys? See, I was fortunate to when I came in. It was after that twelve and one season with Bielema, so they had some 
they had some guys. They had, I see it was Travis Beckham. You know, they had uh, it was Jonathan Casillas, JC, uh, Dre Levy, um, Jack Aguano. He was a beast. PJ Hill just had came off his, uh, you know, his big season. Um, we had some good, really good linemen. And uh, as I come in, I was Craig Erbig, uh, Nick Hayden on defense. I forgot about him. You know, I was a freshman. Uh, we had some guys, you know, we had a lot of talent and it, it got better as I mean, as we got, as we got going, I remember my senior year was even more, I wouldn't say even more talent, but our entire, you know, offense went to the league and our defense had JJ Watt. We were, we were stacked. We can get into that later, but our offense, our, uh, Bielema developed some guys over the years. When I came in, we had some talent. Did you put in like the wonder years of like Wisconsin football? You guys are like probably some of the best teams to ever play. I mean, you could say that. I mean, when I came in, we had a good, really good squad. But right when I left, they won two more Big Ten titles. You know, so I don't know if I was at the beginning. I won one as well. Um, I didn't bring my ring today, but you know, I didn't. I didn't think it was necessary for the podcast. But next time. Um, but I, you know, we had. Um, I think uh, I was just telling somebody the other day we had that we we were like that pinnacle of Wisconsin sports. I've seen a couple of big 10 titles. I've seen a it was with basketball as well. We went to the final four right when I left, they went to the final four and, and the, and the, uh, in the finals and right, you know, right around that time, not when I, just when I left, but it was, a, it was a nice time to be around Wisconsin. Do I say Maddie P do we say that's the peak of uh, Wisconsin sports of Wisconsin sports? I'm going to say 99 Rose Bowl plus Dick Bennett taking the team to the final four. Rose Bowl victory plus taking the team to the mm, final four. Okay. Um, However, they, they won two two more Big Ten championships after. Kind of the peak, right? Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they won, they, they went back, they won back-to-back Rose Bowls, went to the final four. I don't know. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take okay. it. Okay. So there's two peaks. And I was in the valley, is what everyone said. I don't saying. think you were in the valley, Bernie. Come on. Yeah. Give no, we were some on credit. the plateau. We were just like in between. You know, I, I want to say I'm the reason that David. Yeah, I was the bridge that white a David Gilreed type came to uh Wisconsin. I, I'll take all the credit for all of your success and everyone else's since then. As you um, should. As, as you I should. should. But so, this show's not about me. No, this is you, about Mr. David Gilreath. And so we always got to start back where it all begins. And for you, that is the Twin Cities, if I'm not mistaken. So what was it like, you know, growing up there? What was, did you have, was there a lot of family around? How'd you get into football? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, yeah, I grew up on the south side of Minneapolis. Um, you know, my mom and dad are, you know, live up there now. My, my mom moved us up from, my mom and dad moved us up to Minnesota from Florida. I was actually born in Florida. But I was there till I was about three or four. Don't remember much of it. So if you look at my passport, it says Florida, not not Minnesota. But uh, it was it was a good time. You know, I think Minnesota is very underrated place. You know, very good education. Um, you know, sales tax uh, is, is there's no sales tax. So you go to the store if you see something that's nine ninety nine, it's nine ninety nine. It's kind of cool. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in love with the four seasons. So I've lived all over the place. And, you know, I, I, when I lived in LA, I remember missing the four seasons, you know, you, you get to those winters, you're thinking like, damn, what the hell's going on? But, uh, you know, I, I remember, you know, growing up as a good time, raking leaves, shoveling snow, you know, cutting grass. I had it all. I had it all. So I had a good time growing up in Minnesota. Um, you know, I want, I wanted to be a gopher as I was growing up, but with Glenn Mason watching him and I had a couple of cousins that played with, with the gophers. But I had never been to Camp Randall at that point. I'd never seen a real football game, you know, a real football stadium. So it, it, it was different. So uh, it was a good time. But what, 
What got you into football as like a kid? Is 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 it popular? Was it popular in Minnesota? I mean, I I hear I, I know it is, but was it popular for you and your friends to play? Yeah, we we uh you know we played. It was it was good when the snow hit the ground because we played out in the street, played tackle football, so we didn't have to worry about you know with the snow, so we didn't have to worry about you know the gravel and all that stuff. It was it was a good time, but I think for me it was uh watching you know nineties. Cowboy football, Michael Irvin, you know, Emmitt Smith, Trey, and I, I fell in love with the game then. And then you just start forming a little community of guys that love to play the game. And we had, we had some guys that we all wanted to go to the league, you know, maybe some of us didn't, some of us did. And, you know, but we all pushed each other and we, we were really, really competitive and we played all year round rain, sleet or snow. Um, and, and yeah, so I remember going to the park um, as when I was seven years old and I seen some guys playing football and my mom always tells me this story like do you want to play do, do, do you want to play and I said yeah yeah sure and uh but those guys were all 10 so she went there and lied about my age and said I was 10 so she got me in with the, you know with with the guys and I started playing from there and those guys actually went on to do some pretty good pretty cool things as well um professionally and, and, and with, with football so it's kind of cool so started young and then kept playing when it gets structured in middle school, high school, you were still part of the team where you, that's were you a wide receiver then. Yeah. Well, sorry. I was a running back from like seven years old, all the way until about middle school. And then I went over to receiver because everybody started getting bigger and bigger and I just didn't grow. Yeah, I kept getting faster, but I didn't grow anymore. Uh, I didn't get any better looking either, but it happened. You know, it happens. It happens. Nobody I, believes that. No, if just, you're watching this right now, nobody, you're the prettiest, handsomest guy on this podcast. Yeah, but that, that's a pretty low bar to clear, Bernie. Come on now. I mean, you did it, shave, man. You did shave. You I did good. shave. Yeah. So. It's, 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 just for you. Just for you, by the way. It's good to be the prettiest guy on a podcast. There's nobody watching. <laughs> <laughs> You're good to go. So were, were you always returning kicks, too? Were you, were you always back there returning kicks from the jump? Yeah, yeah. So I've always uh, I've returned kicks, returned punts. You know, it's always kind of a jack-of-all-trades, just – get the ball in my hands the best, you know, best way you can. I think it, it, uh, it helped me as my career, you know, as, as I progressed, you know, the more you could do the, the more valuable you are. And that's what kind of helped me at Wisconsin It helped me in the league. You know, I was able to, you know, return kicks, return punch, cover kicks, cover punts, you know, serve you popcorn, whatever you need. I was cheerleading, whatever you need me to do. I got it done, you know? Well, so. and, and that's the reason a guy like Daria Gumbawale just sticks around the league, right? He is one of the best special teams players in the nfl and he does everything kick coverage punt cover oh, whatever yeah. it is he's out there and excelling at it and so i think it's a really underrated aspect of of, of the game and for a path to the league for a lot of for a lot of guys yeah yeah the more you can do tom Lee used to say the more you can do you know just that's just that was his, one of his models the more you can do and a lot of the guys unless you're a first round pick um second round pick you're going to be playing special teams in some form or fashion you're going to be re- Covering kicks, covering punts, um, it, it's part of the game. And, you know, there's only 53 spots on a roster, you know, so you got you got to do something. Um, so it's a good time. So, so growing up as a receiver in the Minneapolis area, area, you got an up-close and personal look, I hope, to Randy Moss and Chris Carter and, and those guys. Was that sort of an exciting time to be, you know, in, in football in Minneapolis and a, as a receiver just to have those guys in the same town as you? Yeah, yeah, they built, we, we say they built the Metrodome, you know, like Randy Moss, Chris Carter, Jake Reed, we had Randall Cunningham. Uh, it was a good time, you know, we had that little error. We were speaking about, like, reference in Wisconsin. We had 
Randy Moss on one side. Then we also had Kevin Garnett with basketball. So we were, and then we had like Tory, Tory Hunter, uh, Paul Molitor. We had some guys uh, playing baseball, uh, Twins, uh, t- uh, Timberwolves, uh, Vikings. We had in the middle of so the wild were coming around. Sports was, a, Minneapolis is a really underrated sports town as well. And it's, uh, they're passionate about their sports. And uh, to, to, to grow up watching Randy Moss, it was a good time. I, I remember some, some, real, some real special plays of Randy Moss growing up. So, yeah. So what, what made you, when in high school did you say to yourself, like, wow, I could play in college? That's a good question. I remember asking my dad that question. Like when, when you watch me, what did you think like my son could play at the next level? And um, I think it was uh, just watching the guys I compare with, you know, in college, like guys that were my size and there weren't really a lot of guys my size. At least they didn't list them at my size, right? I, I'm 5'10", 170. Everybody's listed at six foot 190 and you start to get around. You go to camps and everything and you start to compete with guys, you know, in those Under Armour camps or forget what they were at the time, Nike camps and the guys that are all rated three, four five stars. You start to compete with them and you're like, oh, OK, one, he's not six foot, but two, OK, I can kind of compete with that. You know, you start to, start to get there and, and, and everything and start to think, all right, you know, maybe if I'm fortunate enough, I can play at that next level and start to go to camps at Wisconsin and things and start to compete with other guys. And you start to see and size yourself up. You, you know, hopefully you're fortunate enough to stay away from injury and get a chance to, you know, and compete and, and see what happens. So that's when, that's when I thought, I think it was maybe June, maybe junior year when I got the offer from Minnesota, I thought, okay, maybe there, there's a chance. At least they think it's so maybe I can go ahead and do something special. So what was, was that? Oh, I was gonna Matt, say, go what, what was your recruiting journey like? Was it? I mean, you said you grew up like you know, want to go to Minnesota, but I know that Wisconsin and Iowa were in the mix for you too. So how did that sort of play out for you? Um, I think it just uh, when you get that first offer, you know, I think they all kind of have that. I'm guessing there's that bulletin boards or the forums and everything, whatever they do to get the information. And now they have obviously the internet. Um, you know, one one school offers you, they're all competing with the same. You know recruits so i got an offer from minnesota my junior junior year um i went to their camp uh did pretty well um and they offered me i think that day i was it was it was pretty you know humbling and really it was it was cool you know a lot of you realize the hard work you put in even as a all the way from seven to 17 i guess at that point or whatever 15 16 you know okay i'm going to school and then i think uh i think it was bob bolstead at the time i you know wrote me a letter and Coach Chris started coming around. At these times, they were they were they were small time guys. At this point, they weren't the the, the Bob Bolts that we know. And Coach Chris, they were coming around. And Coach uh, Henry Mason was a receiver coach. He came around and and uh, they invited me to camp. And I remember Coach Mason. Um, I, I, don't, I forget about these stories. I don't really talk about these stories much these days. And um, Coach Mason had came. At, I went to camp. I went to camp here, and he says, "If you hear anything like I seen on tape, you know, I think we, we got a guy here." And I said. I appreciate it. And they gave me an offer after the camp and I was like, okay. Um, but I still was focused on Minnesota. I thought Glenn Mason did a really good job of recruiting me at Minnesota. I wanted to stick around the Metrodome, stick around home. Um, and I remember my dad telling me, Hey, if you go somewhere, um, you know, your friends and family are going to be doing the same thing that we're doing when you left. So don't worry about missing anything. And, uh, and I, you know, I went, went to Wisconsin on a visit. Uh, they were playing Penn state and, it was the game that Joe Paterno broke his leg, actually. 
on the sideline. Um, and, but I had never seen camp. Randall. Yeah. It was 2006. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Drake Levy broke his, broke it fell into him or something like that. And, but I had never been to camp Randall at that point. It was, it was crazy. Um, so they, that's when I said, I, I just, this is where I got to play college football, but Minnesota did a good job. I wanted to stay home, but you know, Glenn Mason got fired, uh, going into like that spring. I think he got fired in December. Um, and I just opened back up and I said, Hey, I think it's, this is where I want to be at. So if you didn't get fired, you might have uh, stayed at Minnesota. I think so. I, I remember thinking he, they were pretty consistent. You know, I mean, I thought they produced receivers at that time. They had like Ernie will, right. Um, I think Eric Decker came right after him. Um, a couple guys that I thought, okay, I mean, I can come in here and change the game. I never, I didn't see anybody that was my type of player at that time, but I thought I could make a difference. Um, and yeah, but it all worked out. So what was that official visit like? Who was hosting you? You know, what what did you do? What was your favorite part of, of the official visit that you can share with audiences? No, I, I, it's all it's all fan friendly here, you know. <laughs> no, it's a, well, I, I mean, like we had we just had Scott Starks on and he was saying during his official visit at night, all he wanted to do was watch one on ones with Jamar Fletcher. And so that's what he did. And Paul Hubbard was the guy who Paul Hubbard and Tyler Donovan were my touchdown, Tyler Donovan. Tyler Dude, Paul, we, Paul we had Paul on the show. He did not tell us about uh, your visit. He did not. He did not. Yeah, because he, he probably doesn't remember much either. We are, <laughs> nah. he, does, he probably doesn't remember too much because, I mean, I, it was, you know, Paul Harbour at the time, he was, he was, you know, he was becoming, you know, bigger time player. And I don't think, I don't think he hosted me much. I think it was more Tyler Donovan, like Isaac Anderson, Kim Royston, they were all around, but I think Paul had took uh, took me to the KK. Uh, he was the guy that got me into the KK. So he's the reason I didn't drink again until I was 21. <laughs> well, I was going to say, was you, time. Kim Royston's from the Twin Cities too, right? Did you guys know each other growing up? Yep. Yeah, you, you hear about the guys, you know, we didn't know each other like, growing up. Isaac Anderson, yeah, I did. Uh, Isaac Anderson's from the Twin Cities. I, I grew up with him playing same parks, same uh, uh, uh same competing parks, you know, same rec areas. We knew each other. I knew his dad. His dad's kind of a local legend. You know, he, he runs a track program up there. Really, a really cool, uh, really successful track program um, in Minnesota. So, yeah, I, I knew him. I knew him. Kim's doing pretty well now. He's a principal up at Creighton Durham. Creighton Durham Hall. Yeah, he's uh, oh, nice. like a s- assistant, like principal. He's, he's, he's at Creighton. Creighton's a really, uh, really, really cool um really prestigious high school. You guys know Mike Floyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the baseball player? Uh, Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer. Um, Chris Winkie. Matt Perkins knows everything about everything. I see. I see. He's, right. he's on it. He's on it. He's on the way. I, I do my best. I do my best. Okay. So let's then get to coming into UW because you played as a true freshman and not a lot of guys do. Obviously, that was in large Matt, part. You're in and out, dude, still. Am I really? Oh, yeah. Gosh darn it. Of course. It always happens at the worst time. Anyway. Wait, David, let me ask you one f- uh, question because I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Dude, how cool is it? One, you had 45 touchdowns. There's a lot of touchdowns. But how awesome is it that you were the s- number six player in Minnesota? I know. How awesome? Like, how bad? That's awesome. What do you mean how bad? You're the top six dude? That's... Uh... I, you got to think Minnesota didn't have a lot of prospects. So it was probably, I probably knew everybody that was a prospect. I was a little disappointed because I thought I was, I'm not going to lie. I thought I was a top, but I was the only person that went to the league from those, from those prospects. Dude, 
I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give I'm, you props I'm, then. I'm humbly saying this. I was a little, I was a little disappointed. That's I, what, listen, you can say that. I'm just going to say that to me, that's impressive. I appreciate it. it it's, Minnesota has good football. Listen, dude, I'm coming from New York. You, you know, you, uh, yeah. listen, I think I'm still top 20 ever to play in the state. So I'm pretty proud Probably about not. that. But what does Probably that say not. about the state? Well, I don't think I'm top 20 all time or nothing like that. I just thought I'm talking about that specific no, year. Actually, no, not all time. I'm sorry. I don't mean New York State. I meant Westchester County. I, I think you. that could be it. So we neither here nor there. So you show up on campus. Yeah. What's it like? Like, have you taken a lot? After you said yes, have you been back and forth? I mean, it's kind of a far drive, but did you just show up on campus and that was the first time after your visit? Uh, you talking about like when I enrolled and everything was all good, I signed. Yeah, I think we came, I think we came um, uh, that June. So you graduate in May from high school and then like you get like three weeks off and then you're right to it. I remember staying at the Regent, Regent uh, Apartments right away. So, you know, um, yeah, you're right to it. I mean, you walk in there, you see these guys you're watching on TV, what, three, four months ago before? Jack Ekuwano, number one, you know, supposed to be a first round pick. You got JC, Dre Levy, you know, those type of, you know, those guys. And you got John Clay coming in. It was, it was really, you know, it was, again, it was humbling. It was just, you know, okay, all right, I'm here. But at the same time, they, they believed in, you know, me and they think I can compete at this level. So you just, you know, hopefully you buy into the program at that point, start to work your way around, start to fall. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy that likes to kind of follow leaders, right? Okay, what are they doing? What is Travis Beckham doing? What was JC doing? Try to emulate that, and then I'll go from there, you know? And, but that's what I, tr- I tried to do. But it was overwhelming at first. It was overwhelming, you know? I completely agree. So who were your roommates at um, the region? And then what was your experience like June, July? You know, you, then you go into camp. You know, who, who's like taking you under their wing? Who are you becoming really friendly with? Yeah. Let's start there. Uh, my roommate, uh, when I first came in, was a, a guy named James Stallings. He was from Michigan. He's a quarterback. Um, he ended up transferring out. Um, but he, he, he could have been that next guy uh, if he just would have, you know, kept his head on straight. He was 6'6", like, but he was like 140, but he had a rocket arm. Um, he should have been, he should have been the next guy. Um, uh, and then, you know, you just start to, I mean, I was kind of, kind of quiet, pretty reserved to myself. You know, I just, like I said, I kind of follow and, you know, from afar, I kind of watch what they're doing. Um, I, I watched Paul Hubbard, what he was doing, you know, what he was doing on the, uh, Luke Swan. I remember watching him, what he was doing. We ran routes together. Uh, I remember always actually, actually being out there with Kenny DeBush. Remember him? Yeah. He's a punter. Yeah. I mean, it's, but I was out there cause I, you don't, you don't get a lot of, uh, practice with any kind of college or NFL, you know, type of punters in high school. Just, I knew I was kind of trying to come in to compete as a punt returner. How am I supposed to emulate that ball going 50 miles, you know, 50 miles in the air? And then it was, so I went out there with Kenny a lot. Um, so I did spend a lot of time with him. Um, but I'm, I'm to answer your question, I don't think I actually, you know, there was no guy that actually took me under his wing. Luke Swan answered a lot of questions for me. I'm sure he probably was more annoyed with me than I was with him at that time. Uh, I don't think Luke Swan gets annoyed. Nah, yeah, maybe not. I asked, I asked a lot of questions. So um, it's, I guess maybe to answer that question, maybe specifically it would have been Luke Swan. Uh, so I asked him a lot, you know, the Fenimore, what is it? The Fenimore Flash or something? Fenimore, Fenimore Flash. <laughs> it's a great nickname. Is that, is that, is that his nickname? I, I think that's what I heard. The Fenimore Flash. Fenimore I just Flash. knew a young Luke Swan. He was just a nice guy all around. Okay. Yeah. All the Wisconsin yeah. dudes were just super nice. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody, they, they, we recruit like a, you know, certain type of guy, you know, everybody's humble. But I realized that at most levels, 
people are pretty humble because I think they understand how how fortunate you have to be. You know, you're not just it's a lot of good fortune. And the second you decide to, you know, get a little arrogant, you get humble very fast in football. So I think that's what it comes down to. But there are some there are some people who have played on that field who are not humble at all. And I actually respect them a lot. And yeah. listen, you have to back it up or else you will be humbled very quickly. But if you don't, if you can back it up, dude, go crazy. I used to love like Brandon Williams was a wide receiver. Yeah. He talked all day, all night. I think he talked in his sleep and he was a natural, just someone like a natural, like a, I would say a natural leader. Like it was just fun to be around him in the weight room even on like training table, like the dude is making fun of like laughing and joking around. You're like, this guy really has a motor that really doesn't can't go on. It doesn't idle. It just keeps going. So there are those guys that you, you, but, but yes, I would say a lot of guys are more like the, the humbler type. Yeah. But I I don't mean like, I mean, be will. I mean, he talked, right. He talks all that's, that's, that's what got him going. Right. But I'm sure like, as you talked him off the field, like in a real like dinner setting, he's not going to, you know, big time. He's a little different. Yes. Yeah. He's different, but whatever has to get you going. Some people have to talk on the field and there, I remember games or these times when I talked, I felt like it was, it was a different, I just couldn't get myself to that point in the game. I wish I think that's something I think back and I'm like, if I could have talked or I could have got myself going like that, it just would have been a different game, but that's, you know, some people need that. And, uh, and, and I'm not, B was a good example. I've I seen him. He talks a lot. <laughs> if you get, if you get a chance to talk to him at the dinner table, he's a super humble guy. So it's, it's, it's different. You know, so I guess maybe the nice guy on the field doesn't work out as much, but, you know. You know, I, I always feel like a lot of guys are nice off the field and just killers on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is completely fine, too. That's what football's – I mean, that's the whole – the whole. Yeah. that's why football's great. Bernie, that's, that's what you are. Great. That's what I am. You've got to be able to turn it off. Yeah, some people know how to turn it on, turn it off. Listen, some, I, and some I guys don't know how to turn it off. off. Yeah. That's well, there's a, that's another complete issue. That's a whole other story. Yeah. So uh, that freshman season, I mean, you had as good a, a freshman season as, you know, anyone who's come through the program as a, as a true freshman, you know, you were a first team freshman, all American by multiple outlets um, for your returning prowess. So you obviously had a lot of success, but was there a, any specific moment where it was like, like a, a welcome to college football moment where it was just like it like all hit you or like you were not ready for something or anything like that. Oh yeah. All the time. Yeah. That, that doesn't show up in the stats. I remember the first big 10 game I played, I returned my, uh, maybe the first to kick first or second kick return against Iowa. I come flying through there thinking, Oh, we're playing Citadel. Oh, we're playing Washington state. No, no, this is big 10. Pow. It hits me right in the chest. I said, you know what? Uh, I, I remember going stumbling off like this. is This is, I don't think this is, uh, this is not it. You know, but yeah, I mean, there's that. There was fall camp my freshman year. That was the, that was a real humbling experience. You know, I remember first day thinking, you know, you're in there from seven a.m. to to ten p.m. and you're meeting. This is this is two a days. This is before they cut it all down to you know whatever they're doing now. But you're in there from seven a.m. either meeting or practicing or a training table to it, from seven a.m. to ten p.m. And I remember thinking, this is not what I signed up for. They didn't tell me this when they were recruiting me. And I, and I remember calling my dad like the first or second day, like, I don't know. It's, it, I don't think I can make it through this. I don't, you know, he's like, well, you're not going to come home. So you better figure something out. So I stuck around. Were you in the, you were in the room with uh, coach Mason? He was your coach the whole time. Nah. So coach Mason got injured that summer that I came. That in. was okay. 
Yep. So he recruited me. Um, I think I, I never even got a chance to go like into the office as he was a coach, as I was coming in, he, um, and he, you know, he got injured, you know, yeah. unfortunately. And, and, you know, he's actually in the hall down, uh, down, down the hall from me, which is kind of, he's you know, the best dude like yeah. ever. Man, Coach Mason's my guy. He is my guy. So I, I always, you know, I'm always very, you know, appreciative because I say, you brought me in, you believed in me. I wouldn't be in the position I'm in. You can see picture of me, my, my degree. And actually I got a picture somewhere. My sister, me and my sister got as a Christmas present. None of that stuff happens. Like if Coach Mason doesn't believe in me. So, or, you know, Coach B and these guys. So I'm always really, really appreciative. University, people around me. I get it. I get it. Yeah. So a question for you. You were sixth in Minnesota coming out that year. It says here in Wikipedia that you were 14th nationally with the best punt return average. Is 14 okay? Yeah, that's nationally? That's okay? That's that's something I earned, right? I can't... Yeah. Like, <laughs> You'll take not, 14th nationally? It's like, I can't... You can't, you can't really debate. It's like, all right. Numbers, like, don't lie, right? It's like, all right. That's what you did. The sixth rank is like, okay, what do they come up with these rankings? Is it size? Is it weight? Is it recruit? How did you get recruited? Is it okay? Is it politics? You know? Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm just saying, it's pretty cool. Some of you know, you go back, dude. This was sadly for you 14 years ago, 15 years ago. But it's oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's so cool to go back and read this stuff and be like, I watched that game, but I remember this. I don't know. It's just kind of fun. That's mm-hmm. that's what I love about doing this is. We have guys back and I'm like, oh, my God, I used to watch every game that you played it. You know, it's so much time has elapsed, but so many seasons, they're all one big jumble. If you told yeah. me you played last year, I believe you're at this point. But I got you. Um, it's just so cool, man. Look at you. Second team freshman All-American and first team freshman All-Big Ten. Dude, as a freshman, that's pretty astonishing. Um, it was it was a lot of good fortune, I would think. It was good fortune, man. Like uh, we had some guys around who had some talent. If I was playing with the Gophers at that time, maybe that wouldn't happen. <laughs> you know, we just had some talent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so oh, moving sorry, into your sophomore Maddie. season, you got a lot more involved in the offense. Um, yep. You know, especially when it came to the passing game and the rushing game. What was that transition like for you? Is that something you were working on? You know, through like spring ball and stuff like that to get more involved and how did you know the coaches try to incorporate you you into the game plan yeah i mean i think it was uh you know a lot of our seniors our older guys left right we had luke swan that left paul hubbard left um you know so i kind of fell into that next wave it was me like nick toon you know there's guys developing um and i think i was just in line um at the time and i just you know i think i they had seen what i could do on the field the year before so they were hoping to transition from the kick return punters and I could put it all together. I don't, unfortunately, I don't think I put it all together that well at that point. You know, I think I was still trying to figure it out. Uh, I always tell people I, I, I should have registered it, right? I mean, I was 150. Uh, I think I was just playing all, not all, all athletics, but I just don't think I was ready. But it definitely definitely showed up in the, um, I think my, my sophomore year where I just wasn't where I was my senior year. I mean, naturally. Um, and uh, there were guys. I thought at that time I thought Nick Toon was better. I thought he should have played a little, you know, a little bit more. This is just looking back, you know. Even at the time I thought Nick Toon is, you know, he's a, he's a really good. He's he's got the he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the you know he's he's got the intangibles. Um, well, yeah, it, it started. You know, they tried to you know piece it together and put me out there, and um, we were still rotating quarterbacks at that time. I think we had Allen Everidge, um, Dustin Shear was our second string quarterback. 
Uh, and then Scott Tolzien was the third string. He didn't even make a, he didn't make an appearance until like later in the year. And then he started the next, but so we were still trying to, I was young, I was small. Um, we were still trying to figure out that quarterback situation. Um, so it was, it was, it was a rough year. We didn't even do that well. I think statistically, I think we were on what, like nine and four, eight and five or something like that. Lost the dance ball. It's amazing how we, um, you know, like when Barry took over, he, I think he won one game his first year. How we've gone from like never winning to now saying nine and four, eight and five are bad seasons. Yeah, I, yeah. I, okay, no, no. People are proud of it. I'm just saying, like we we were hanging out in LA with somebody who was like, he's like, I never saw any wins really. Yeah, when he was here yeah. in the '70s, and he's like a huge fan. And there's something to be said about guys who used to like watch the games in the '70s, '80s, and then early, you know early, early nineties who like we they've never done anything and now they're fans today. And they're like, man, it's, it stinks that we only win eight games, which I agree with. I think we should win 10 to 12 to 15 games each year, every year, every year, every year. That's what <laughs> we we're win at now. National it's, championship. I know it's the standard now, but you know, I mean, we, we won, we were nine and four this year and we had a bad year and we started one and three, won a big one, won a, uh, won a bowl game and, it's just, it's not the standard now. now we're, we not have, the standard. You know, David, walk us through like some of the off season, like, uh, like, what are you, like, what are you guys doing? Are you still doing stations on Fridays? Is JD still putting you through the ringer or was it um herbs at this point? Like wh- what's like the off season look like? Yeah. And, and what's like your life like in the off season? Yeah. Um, it was it was JD at first. Uh, JD it transitioned to Herb a little bit later. But yeah, we had the ramp. You know, we had the ramp. We had the stairs, uh, the stadium stairs. We had the the the, the uh, um, stations, all that stuff. It got ramped up a little bit with Herb. I think he was just really you know revving us up. And uh, we had the prowler. You remember the prowler? Yep. The prowler was crazy. You know, for me, I was I was constantly on the scale because I was trying to gain weight. They were trying to you know they're trying to get me over 160 like again i think on the on the on the media guy they would say i was 175 or 180 maybe or whatever it said but i was definitely like 160 163 you know varied so i was in the i was in the weight room i was eating drinking protein shakes every day trying to just gain some weight um so you know it was it was a lot of film study a lot of working out trying to just figure it out and also trying to enjoy being a student Cause that's the only time you actually get a chance that spring, you know, I think between like December and probably what, like January and before spring ball starts is when you finally get a chance to like enjoy just being a student. So basically February and March. Yeah. Yeah. But so that's it. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. You go to class, you, you go get a protein shake, go home. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's not much, you know, like it's, it feels good to be a student, but that's, that's pretty much the off season. So we obviously have to talk about, the signature play of your Badgers career, which is the touchdown against Ohio State. There we so, go. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's funny, Matt, because when I saw David two weeks ago in LA, we were I was like, dude, everyone knows you for this. And he's like, everybody. This is just what comes up a hundred times a week. Does it come up a hundred? What do you think? Three hundred? Well, since I've been back here in Wisconsin, it's come up a few times. A few more times. <laughs> but, but dude, you did that. Like one, it's on one of the biggest stages. Number one ranked Ohio State coming to town night game. Just walk us through that. Like I know it's it's for you. It's like the nine hundred eight thousandth time you've done it. But for me and for Matt and for other people, dude, that was so cool. I mean, you set the tone. We won because of that play. 
it helped. I would say it helped. It helped. It helped. Uh, I got you. I'm gonna, bring, I'm gonna give you all the enthusiasm as if <laughs> I talked about this my first time. Well, it was honestly, it was, it was, uh, it was Desmond Howard that came in that Friday. So we played that Saturday. Desmond Howard came in and spoke to us, and he said he. And I remember they're setting up, they're setting up the zip lines, the sky cameras. You see all that. It was perfect. All you know, all that stuff. And Desmond Howard sitting there talking to the receivers, um, and he's saying, "You guys." You guys got to go out there and show your personality. You know, everybody's going to be watching. So, you know, go out there and show your personality. Um, you know, it's it's a big game. And I always remember that because I think about that as I do a lot of things now. Whether I'm going to interview, whether I'm going to, you know, on a business meeting, let me just show my personality. I think I got a decent enough personality where, I mean, I just, if I'm pretty, you know, authentic, make people smile, whatever it may be, um, you know. Just show your personality. So even that, you know, as Saturday night comes for a football game, you just hopefully the world sees that you can make plays, you know, big plays and big games, that you're consistent, that, you know, you're not going to go out there and make mistakes, that your teammates can trust you, whatever you have to do to, you know, show your personality. And I just always remember that. Um, and Barry Alvarez had came in that that night before, too, uh, to our team meeting. He says, uh, uh, Lee Evans, he goes, Lee Evans is, you know, he made many plays around here, you know, but this is one of those games where people remember you for one play, ironically. He's like, because Lee Evans was a, what a first round pick, top top five pick. Uh, how many five touchdown games did he have? But they remember that one play against Ohio State uh, for him. You know, it's just and it's a good thing. It's, it's you know, it's a good moment that he had. So I remember that night. Uh, I remember things leading up to that night more than I remember that night. What was the game plan like when you sit in the special teams meeting? Was it like? Dude, what, what, what was the coach like? He's like, oh, we're going to score on one of these. We're going to – because I remember coaches are always, like, you know, amped up. And sometimes you're like, oh, God, this guy is completely crazy. This game plan is not that good to score a touchdown yes. in, a, you know, kick return. Or, like, this is the third week in a row we've done this. Every uh, Everybody knows. Like, what was it like? Like, you know, you're, you, know you, you have people in front of you. Like, I was on the kick return team. We hardly ever scored a touchdown. And, honestly, I hated it. So, like – yeah. What what did you see leading up to it in, in those meetings to know like we could be really successful? Um, I mean, you never know, right? I mean, they always, yeah, like you said, they always go in there and say, hey, if we just wouldn't have missed this block. And if David wouldn't have got tripped up by that kicker, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> just me getting tripped up by the kicker. Um, it was great blocking too. But they had, ret- we knew that Ohio State, you know, they focused on offense and defense. Like it was just, Special teams is they put a couple guys out there and let them, you know, all right, we're gonna, we got, we got more talent than everybody. But special teams, they were really um, just, uh, they weren't focused on details a lot. They just really went through the motions. So they, and we knew this because uh, Miami had returned to kick on them like two or three weeks before. And we've seen a couple of times where just anybody had speed or whatever, just, or just get your blocks. Uh, what, every, what, all 10 guys have their blocks. Another guy, you know, at least he can outrun some guys. We got a shot. Um, and it really just worked out perfectly. I don't know how, you know, um, the blocking was perfect. It even worked to my guy that's protecting me, gets up and gets the kicker. You never see that. Brady Ewing um, gets up and is able to make a block on the kicker. That never happens because you have to use this to peel off and help out somewhere. But we had perfect for perfect blocking, nine for nine. And then Brady got through with his block and then there was me. Um, and it just it it just worked out perfectly. I don't think it can, you know. In that kind of moment, um, blocking being perfect at night, the game plan, you know, I don't, it just was a perfect time. And, and I'm just appreciative that everybody still remembers it, you know, because there's been some plays in Wisconsin history um, throughout the years and even afterwards. But 
people still talk about it like it was yesterday. Um, it's, 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 it's really, again, humble by some. People talk about Lee Evans' catch, and you're right. He, he might be one of the best wide receivers to ever play on that field, and he'll be remembered for that catch for the rest of his entire life. Yeah, yeah, and many great plays he had, you know, and he had something to be a top five pick. I think he was number three, maybe. No, four. he was pick number 18. Eight? He was, okay, he, maybe, he, I'm, maybe eight, I'm thinking uh, Joe Thomas. Was Joe Thomas number three? Joe Thomas was number three. Well, yeah, all these Wisconsin greats, but regardless of – Lee Evans had a bunch of great moments, but all we remember is that that catch, you know, that up and out, uh, that out and up against uh, – I, I know who he was, Gamble. Chris Gamble is my guy. Yep, and all, and what's crazy is everyone remembers the quarterback's name who threw it, which is you know, uh, uh, Shaber, Shaber, Matt yeah, Shaber. So like that dude is Wisconsin folklore history, and he played in only a couple games. That, oh no, that, that's it. That that what was that's it? Sluggo, slam go. Or, I don't, I don't know, know what they called it at that time, but that was that was. You know, it wasn't a slam go because that's going the other. He was did an out and up. I don't know what that would be. Well, I don't know. I never I, ran those I, routes. <laughs> you never ran the out and up, man. No, what, you had a you got a a, a a sand timer, like see how fast <laughs> I could get there. Yeah. Um, but dude, so I just gotta know, like, so I it's actually pretty funny now that you say like, oh, guys would miss blocks. You get tech. Uh, I remember Booker's Booker Stanley's in the meeting room, and uh, Coach White. We were, dude, I, I it, against Ohio State actually. The dude does a dribbler. I'm standing right there. I get it. There's. It's like open field. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm out. You know, like, I, obviously, I'm not that fast. So like, everyone's like, yeah. but I'm running. I'm like, man, this is daylight. I'm like, I got to get past the kicker. That guy's, like, I'm going to kill him. And then Booker's dude just takes my legs out. And I was like, damn, if Booker made one block, like, this would have been amazing. And we get into the meeting room, and Coach White, we're in the special teams. All the coaches had to kind of go to the special teams meetings. Coach yeah. White's like, man, book. This dude blocks for you all game long. Hardly ever misses any blocks for you. You had to just block one dude. He could have scored a touchdown. I was like, man, I think I could have scored a touchdown. There's not absolutely no way. But I was so amped up. Like, yeah. you know, like you, you re- I returned only a couple kickoffs um in college because they you know you kick it to like the fat yeah. guy who's gonna go yeah. super slow. Um, <laughs> but dude, so I remember feeling exhilarated when I thought I was in the open field. Yeah. You've actually seen the real open field. What's it like when you get past the kicker and you see no other colored jerseys? You just see, what is it? it you just saw uh, the student section, right? It's like student section. Yeah. It just cleared out. I remember thinking I was, I thought I was running quicksand. I thought I couldn't run fast enough, man. I remember thinking, I, remember, I do remember like, I got a, somebody's behind me. There's, there's somebody right behind me. And then I'm, I'm famous for like saying, I looked up at the the scoreboard, which I did a couple of times. I looked up once and I said, "These dudes are not even close to me at all." What's like what? I, I didn't know what happened. I'm like, and I looked up again. And I said, "I'm out of there. Like this is it." And I just I thought maybe there'd be a flag or something, but it just was one of those moments, man. It just it's ironic because four years before that, my freshman year, I caught a kickoff against Ohio State, and I remember thinking, "Why?" I'm at the like the five yard line, and when I caught it, they were already like the fifteen. And I was like, what the, f-? I'm like, where are these dudes coming from? Like, uh, why are they so big? And why are they, so, you know, what? It-? And now, you know, four years later, I'm returning to kick. I, I do remember my f- senior year in high school with Jim Trestle coming to his, actually his brother, uh, I think it was Dick Trestle, um, came to my high school and said, uh, you know, he's too small. He, he, he can't, he can't play here at Ohio State. 
which is probably true. You know, I was small and, uh, and they only recruited first round picks, but then, you know, four years later, five years later, I'm returning to kickoff, you know, to take them down. That felt kind of cool, kind of po- poetic justice for me. It was only me that, that knew this, but it's all good. Dude, that's so cool. When you get into the end zone, like what happens? It just erupts. I remember the ent- entire, like our entire offense, we should have got a penalty. Our, not offense, our entire uh, sideline was in the end zone entire like not just you know one or two people came if you look back at the video the entire offense sorry the entire sideline came to the end zone it was like it was crazy uh, i remember they were talking about phil couldn't find his helmet you know he's the kicker he couldn't he didn't know what's going on like it was it was insane man it was it it was loud it was uh it was amazing you know but then at the same time you know it's only seven nothing <laughs> it's a whole other ball game to go it's like what seven nothing with 12 seconds into a game it's ohio state it's probably going to last about five minutes and then, you know, but it, it kept going. So the momentum, we picked it up from there. We just kept rolling. Well, and that Dude, season I'm... culminated with a Rose bowl. And so what was your Rose bowl experience? Like that was, that was my first Rose bowl as a fan to go to too. And it, it was fun besides the whole losing the game thing, but you know, it, what was your Rose bowl experience? <laughs> like what, what were some of your favorite memories from that? Yeah. Uh, the night, so the, the night we won the Big Ten, we beat Northwestern, was a good time. You know, we I remember everybody, that entire week, nobody went to class, including professors. Like, everybody was out there, you know, partying. Nobody went. It was, at that point, I think it was our first Big Ten in, like, it had to be, like, 11 years, 12 years. I think at the, the last one was, like, 99, 2000 or something like that. And, um, yeah, we, had, we we won the Big Ten. And I remember everybody came out on the field the same exact way they did when we beat Ohio State. It was, like, the same it was the same feeling, right? We all have the, you know, the, the roses in our mouth, the things you see on TV growing up, we're doing that. And it was a good time. Um, and then, and then we get a chance. We're thinking, Oh, okay, we're going to play one of these big schools. Then we get TCU. We're like, what the hell are we going to blow this team out? We were blowing teams out before. And then, and you know, it didn't, it didn't work out that way. You know, they had a first round pick quarterback that came to town that, you know, that was better than most people thought they had a guy tank Carter That was pretty good. A linebacker on defense. Um, but the experience alone was great, you know, playing in Pasadena is a perfect night. Grass was, I don't know where they got that grass from. That must be like imported grass that like, it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, it was a good time. You know, all the, all the festivities leading up to the Rose Bowl, um, seeing comedy shows on the strip, uh, parades at Santa Monica Pier. Um, it, it was, it's a good time. Everything leading up to it is a good time. Believe me, I had a great time. I had a great time uh, <laughs> up until the game ended and we lost. Then it, you know, like Wisconsin fans just really hate losing. And it becomes yeah. like, it's just terrible when it, because uh, sometimes I'm like, guys, let's just keep this party going. Nobody yeah. wants to keep that going. But I went to the Santa Monica Pier when you guys were there. I had a blast everywhere I went. I drank like 40 beers before the game. I probably drank 40 during the game. It was awesome until we lost. Yeah. So it was because I think that was the year, I guess the next couple of years, maybe with Russell, we got, we, we could, we could have beat Oregon, but the third one, I didn't think we had too great of, too great of a chance to beat Stanford. We didn't have, I didn't think we were that good, but I thought that first year we, we should have won. Like it was okay. Everybody like they, they, they thought we would win that game. It was like, you know, we're playing TCU. We're a Big Ten team out there blowing teams out. Um, 
you know, I thought they assumed that we were supposed to win that game and finish top five or top three in the country at that time. And, and that was it. But they, they, they played really well. I mean, they played above, I, I think any game they played that year that they played like five notches above. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think they it did, didn't look that good the whole year. No, no. I think and it had to do with uh, that first drive. We come out, right. We're all hyped up. It's Wisconsin. We're blowing teams out where we got the run game. We got this mauling line. We got money ball out here. Just kept, you know, we come out like the first play money bust like a 50 yard run. Right. And it's like, Oh, this, this is easy. We're marching down the field. It actually stopped us that and we had to settle for a field goal. And I think that's when it kind of like was like, okay, they got a chance. They got and they came right down the field and marched down and scored. And I think they knew we, we got we have a chance and we gave them hope. And I think it would have been a lot different if we would have walked down that field, scored easily. It just would have took a lot of wind out of them. And you know, as you can see, and you know, an opening kickoff to a you know to an opening drive, it makes a difference, you know. So because I know we're running out of time and you've done some amazing things after. So what, what happens from the second that game ends to now becoming a pro? Um, that's even longer story. I mean, I, I, I came out during the lockout year. So, like, you know, you start to train. I thought I'm not going to be a first-round pick. I'm not, I probably won't get drafted. You know, I maybe get a shot. So instead of, like, going down to, like, Florida or Texas, or, you know, California to go train, I stayed in Madison and continued to take classes. And I would drive down to, to Pewaukee and train with Brad Arnett. Um, you guys familiar with him? He's, he trains with a bunch of guys now, JJ Watts and, you know, that's, you know, Dre Levy's at the time it was Chris Merrick, you know, a lot of those guys for me. Um, so I did that. I would commute back and forth, take classes and just waited. You know, I did pro day. Pro day went really well for me. Uh, Tomlin, that's when Tomlin, you know, took, took a look. I actually had the fortune, good fortune to have like JJ Watt, Lance Kendricks, Gabe Karimi, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of who else, uh, not Monty Ball didn't come out that year. Uh, we had a lot of guys at that pro day. Um, so it was like, they all came to see them and I just happened to be there. So I got a shot, um, played in the league, um, for a couple, you know, I don't know how much time you guys got. I can go on forever with this big little detail, but I want to keep it short for you. Um, but yeah, I got a shot, played with the Steelers, Colts, Seahawks, four or five years. And, you know, that was a good time. It's a good time. Well, did you have a did you have a preference of which team you liked more? Which the the actual team, like the guys you liked? Steelers, no, no doubt. It was, a, it was a city. It was a team. You know the players. You playing with iconic figures that I grew up watching: Palmalu, Roethlisberger, uh, James Harrison. You know all those guys in the locker room. They were on the tail end of their career. But you know, it was for me. It was like, damn, here are those figures. You know, uh, who else? Uh, Antonio who was that nose tackle Hampton. Uh, uh, no, I, I just missed him. So I was, uh, my receiver room was, uh, Antonio Brown, uh, Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders. We had a really loaded squad. Jericho Jer- Cotri. Uh, it was our, our, our receiver coach was Mo- uh, Scotty Montgomery. He's actually the running backs coach with the Colts now. So he's coaching uh, Jonathan Taylor. My, my rookie year, my receiver coach was uh, Frank Wright with the Colts. And now he's the head coach of the Colts right now. So it's kind of, he circled back around, but I've had some fun. I had a fun time. I had a really good experience and I, but, uh, you know, I had some good stories as well. We can get into that another time or at some point. Well, what's your favorite story? What, 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 what's the one when you're, when, when you're seeing back and someone says, you know, tell me, you know, give me your favorite story about, uh, about that time. What do you like to think about? NFL? Yeah. This is it's actually not as cool as you guys think it, but this is what, when I first think of NFL, I think of, uh, 
how I got my passport actually. Um, so we were, um, and I might've, did I tell you this story, Matt? I think you told it to me before. Yeah. I got you. This is my favorite, my favorite uh, NFL story. We were supposed to play in London that year, um, the Steelers, and they have 90 men on the roster and they don't know who's going to make the squad. So what they do is they get everybody a passport in the offices and 90 men. Well, I didn't make the damn roster, but I still have my passport. So that, that took that and I, you know, I traveled all over the world and, you know, changed my life. So that was my favorite. That's my favorite NFL story. Actually, it's expiring next year. So it's been 10 years since they did. They actually brought like the federal, you know, we, had, we didn't have to do anything. It was all in the building. They took our pictures there, filled out paperwork. Two months later, maybe less than that, we had a passport. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm going to London. But no, you're not. You're not making this squad. <laughs> 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 you can go to London on your own. <laughs> That's what I miss about football. They did everything for you or, or took everyone to you yep. to do. I mean, that's what's special about being a superstar. You were in the league. People come yep. to you to do things. Yep. I mean, Which that's is, it's it's awesome. up too. It, it, it's a great thing at the time. Right. But then you get out the league at 26 years old. You don't know how to fill out a damn W. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know where to get your passport. At. <laughs> And you're like, you're like, what's a deductible in this medical? Shit? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Sadly, it's very true. That's what, that's what it's like. You know, you're pampered throughout, um, throughout your, you know, 20 years of playing sports and you get out. And that's something I work on with, you know, guys now with the transition and things and, you know, just filling out basic information that guys don't know because you're playing football your entire life and universities and companies do it all for you, organizations do it all for you. And you get out and like, I don't really know how to do a W, uh, you know, W2 or uh, fill out my taxes. I don't, you know, medical insurance, um, how to get housing because pretty much they do that for you. Register for classes, you know, what are basic like everyday things that you have to learn. But that's a story for another time as well. So, so speaking of that, what, it, what it exactly nice. are yeah. you doing now? So I'm in, a, I'm in a similar role as Matt, you know, but I'm just in athletics. So I'm, um, I don't know if you guys have spoken about this on the show or if this is the thing if I should talk about it, but, um, you know, I, I, anybody that wants to, you know, focus their philanthropic goals to the athletic department, they, they come through me, you know, and if it's, if they want to name a, name a building after themselves over here in, the, in athletics, they come to me. If they want to help with the student, you know, student, uh, scholarships, they come to me, but that also affords me like the company of like, okay, I know now I know these guys that are giving money. A CEO is at, uh, Epic or, um, the president at CBS or the, the, the vice president of, um, you know, Nike or something like that. So I get a chance to be in the door with those people. So when these student athletes want to come back and get a job, right. Hey, now I know people over here at Pfizer or, um, I'm just throwing out companies now, you know, American family insurance, you know, so it's like, I have that connection. That's where I kind of, Hey, you know, this, recruiting pitch that they told you guys 15 years ago, Hey, we got the most fortune CEOs of fortune 500 companies. And they went to Wisconsin, come to Wisconsin, play football. Yeah. I don't, now I'm out of school. I don't, I don't know how to get a hold of those CEOs. Well, I have a guy here now, which is me. Um, I, I have those connections. So um, it, it helps, you know, it's, it's a building, it's a building process and I'm having fun with it. Um, they give me, you know, a lot of freedom to make sure I meet with these guys, this, this woman, you know, whatever it may be. So that's, a, that's my job in a nutshell. Um, yeah. Dude, it's yeah. a very cool job. It's very demanding. I mean, you're always, to me, it's like, 
people, you know, sometimes my wife's like, you're just going to watch a TV for an hour and a half today. And I'm like, yeah, I got a phone call at six o'clock. Like, I, you know, like she doesn't get it. It's not a nine to five. It's like whenever people want you to work, you're working. Um, yeah. But it is really fun to meet all these alumni or people who care about Wisconsin who are younger, way older. I mean, it's just, I don't know. To me, it's like very fulfilling. And all I do is talk about Wisconsin, like my favorite place in the world. It, it That part is very easy. It's pretty easy. Yeah. It's like <laughs> selling a car, like these car salesmen, you're actually t- talking about your experience, their experience. It's like, hey, this is, would you want to help contribute, you know, give somebody another student the same experience I had? And it's like, why not? Sure. All right. Or they could say no. Okay, well, you know anybody else that would like to? <laughs> Dude, I like it. Everyone says yes to you, it seems like. <laughs> I got to start taking you on my meetings. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I'm the, I'm the, you got to bring in the wolf. Bring in the yeah. wolf. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. So uh, David and I had a great time playing uh, golf at Hillcrest Country Club, and we both are not very good golfers. So I'm, I'm worse. I'm worse. You could also go and try to get some lessons with the golf coach, though. Uh oh here. Yeah. That's a good call. Actually, yeah, that's a that's a great I need some I need some lessons. I probably gotta pay him for her. Whoever, you know, I don't know who the golf coach is here. You know, maybe you're David Gilry, 14th in the nation. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm David Gilry. I was rated sixth uh coming out of Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen. Maybe that person, off. maybe that person, maybe the golf coach is ranked 10th. You never know. I'm like, I'm ready six. So uh, let's figure something out here. Be- <laughs> Listen, David, it's a, a pleasure having you on. Did you, so you're around. One more question because I know we're, we're at our hour. I'm, 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 I'm here. I, I've chalked, I, I sketched out this sign for you guys. Perfect. Man. Well, we won't keep you forever, but what you, you're, you're part of the, you're part of, let's say, the program or an extension of it pretty much. You know, like, what do you see that excites you? You don't have to get into the weeds. But what what's what excites you, and what do you see about the wide receivers? Because in my eyes, they're the they're the they they could or will be the reason we are very successful this year. Yeah. So, what do you see? And you don't have to say names or anything because we don't get anyone in trouble. But you know, what excites you about this year, and what do you see about the overall wide receiver room? It's funny. I was telling somebody that today. I, I thought I, I went out to spring ball uh, spring ball practice today. Just checked it out. I said. I feel like we're we're always consistent with like the talent. Like we're always going to have guys that you know can stretch the field. You know, some possession guys. You know, some guys that can make consistent plays for the most part, right? And that's what I, that's what I see. You know, I, I see some guys transferring over from DB to I'm not going to say any names, right? DBs to, to 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 receivers, and I see some transfers coming in. I see some young guys that are. I think we got enough talent on the outside, and that's kind of Wisconsin. We know what we're going to get like every year. We're going to have a nice run game, great offensive line, consistent receivers. A, a pretty good tight end, right? Good. But we need consistent quarterback play. And that's just what it is. You know, and I think that if you ask me what excites me, I think it's the potential of where this 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 new this quarterback can take us. Like, you know, we see flashes of him. You know, we see flashes. And that's why he's just he's he's young, you know, and it's if you would have talked on this show about me at 19, this said David Gilch is trash. This is before the kick return, right? It's it's you're developing. So I think I think he's got some talent. I think that we he has all American talent. It's just at some point he's going to put it together. So it comes down to that. I agree. It's always the quarterback's fault when you are a wide receiver. I love always, it. always, always. The quarterback's fault. It's always the quarterback's fault, man. He's got to get his footwork down. 
<laughs> listen, I, I, I agree. I, listen, I think Graham Mertz has no ceiling. I, I, mean, created... I didn't mean Graham. I meant quarterbacks in general. No, no, I, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah, I get it. I, I, I think Graham has no ceiling. He just he's built a ceiling, and I don't know why. It's something's holding him in this room where I think he doesn't have to be. If it's mental, if it's physical, it's. But yeah, everything I'm hearing, it's much better. I just want to see one dude or one time when they call a play that it's like just run down the field and we're just going to throw it up in the air and you're going to try to catch bomb. it. Just, just a bomb. bomb. Just throw, remember the old school, just the, the bomb. Yeah, just, just the bomb, baby. Just, 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 bomb. Go, just, just go deep. Just go deep, man. Just just, yeah. just, just, just go. Just go. And just, just one time. But uh, it's because I was telling some uh, coworkers today, I thought like this is the first time we got a quarterback that, um, I mean, I'm not going to say in the past where they have ceilings, we see it. We've seen their best, you know, year one or two, we've seen it. They're going to have to manage the game. You know, they're going to have to do the things they need to do for us not to, to lose or, you know, maybe when a, you know, big game. This guy, we haven't seen a talent like this where he's got just arm strength, the size. He's, he's, he was an All-American coming out. Like, this guy really is the limit. We haven't seen him. Uh, I mean, besides Russell, right? But we had him for one year. Maybe this, we're in this development program, right, that, at some point, he just it clicks, and that's usually what happens with guys at Wisconsin. It does just click. And I, I would agree. Uh, he's also, he also plays quarterback. You know, like that's a hard position. It's um, a tough position. Yes, it's a tough position. I'm really excited. And and listen, if anything, this is the year. It's either make or break. You know, I don't I don't know what it looks like. It's his third year at this point. Third year, he probably has started, five more. He's like a Brad Davidson, but. It's his third year, right? Yeah. Playing, but he's he's a redshirt junior, right? So he still does have like if it doesn't click, then what next year we're gonna get it? You know. Well, I think I think if it doesn't click this year, this is just me coming from outside. I don't know. I don't sit, you know, at athletics. I think if it doesn't click this year, we have to figure out another potential option because you're still gonna go two more years with them after this year if. If it doesn't work and we're just hedging our bets to say, well, it's not this year, maybe it's next year. I don't know, man. I, I feel like then the competition has to be elevated or pedal to the metal to see if what these other guys can do. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I got you. I'm not a coach. I'm a potato on, during, on Saturdays. I'm a couch potato. I'm a coach potato on Saturdays. Well, one of the most interesting things that's going to be to watch this year is going to be how – Graham and the rest of the offense adapts to a new offensive coordinator. Have you gotten to know Coach Ingram at all? Coach Sheridan? Um, who else was brought on to staff this offseason? Off uh, yeah, well, both yeah, both staff was switched back over to all linemen. Mm-hmm, yep. But actually, Ingram was a receiver coach when I was in Pittsburgh. He, so he was a Pittsburgh Panthers receiver coach. He was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's the same building. Um, it's Steelers here, Panthers here. They're in the same, you know. Same exact building. Um, so I used to I used to talk with him a lot. Um, other than that, other than that, I don't, I don't know many other coaches that coach Bostead, obviously. Um, but Ingram, you know, you know, uh, that's another factor. Hopefully, you know, he comes in with a different, not you know, some not, some newer. I don't know, fullback dives. Yeah, we need we just need like a different variation of fullback dives, man. No, we don't. We need more <laughs> variations of. Um, wide receiver routes, route trees. We need different. We need just, I, yeah. I don't want to get into it, but I, I think we need, we listen, we got Braylon Allen and we got the guys up front. Yeah. We got, we got the bait. And both that now with the offensive, offensive line, those yeah. dudes are going to get it much, very quick. 
And yeah, Braylon so, Allen, uh, 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 I was about to curse. He's a freaking monster. Yeah, like yeah, this dude yeah. could be better than everyone else ever to ever play. If except Jonathan Taylor, I think Jonathan Taylor is probably the best dude that's come through. Because it's, it's, it's we hard haven't to seen that. We're talking about ceilings. This dude is seventeen years old. Well, I'm even saying it, but the dude is looks like a, a complete chiseled it's man. Just, this is just and, going from the ceiling. Yeah, the ceiling because I've never seen somebody that big, that fast is Jonathan Taylor. That's why he's doing at that level at that league. You know, I don't think somebody comes through and can do anything unless he's Ron Dane. But then I, I think I think stay that long. But he could be number three, and number three is pretty amazing after all the running backs we've ever had. Who do you think? What's what? Give me your top five. Oh, I think it's got to be Ron Dane and JT in, okay. in whatever order you want to put them. True, true. And then he could be three. Well, I, as of right now, as of right now, at least for me, it's Ron Dane, JT, Melvin Gordon, Al Namichi, and Monty Ball. Monty Ball. I was gonna say, don't miss Monty Ball. Man. Monty no, I'm not Ball. missing him. With, with Anthony just Davis, a very like five B, because I love AD. I love AD too. I but you have so many him. good dudes, and I I think yeah. he's a freshman and has three more years. And if he plays all three years, and with the line we have, and we will have, and with listen, if you get any type of receiver play to have. 31 receptions some deep yeah. like you did dude these guys can these guys will run all over the field and then because they're running all over the field we can throw over the field i, I just think no, we need deep threats that's what i need you need some deep threats man. Been- i need deep threats i need young david gilreese out there yeah well i didn't go deep too much man i wish you know hey look at looking back but i know this guy just this no names you know transfer i've seen him go over the top a few times it looks pretty good um you know we, I, I don't know what our tight ends look like. You know, it could be young. Well, they're all injured. They're all injured. Like, I think that uh, uh, Ferguson graduated. Cundiff, Eschenbach, and Large are all injured. Okay. Um, I, I think it leaves Jalen Franklin, Hayden Rucci, who got injured at practice this week, and uh, Jack Pugh, the, the redshirt freshman. But some of those guys are really good. I think Jalen Franklin's an awesome athlete. I thought he was going to be Travis Beckham 2.0, so... Listen, even, they don't have to be really good. They just have to be good to oh, run over the field and catch the ball and, and yeah. be, you know, first down guys. I would love if that Nebraska dude, the seven footer or however Austin tall Allen. he is. Oh, he was oh my God. Us. He should have oh just kept throwing to him. Why would they not? They stopped and then that's what I, I they would have beat oh, us if they kept throwing to him. They would have beat us if they would have just kept throwing to him. That's it. I just where the, where do we find a guy like that? <laughs> On the basketball court. <laughs> I, listen, I think our tight ends will not be a Jake Ferguson, but I think they'll be competent. I think yeah. we just need to get – I think our wide receivers just need to step up. I'm super pumped for a fresh – David, like you were saying, like a fresh offense, call some different plays, get people excited about it. Yeah. I think it's exciting, man. Listen, Coach Chris came back in 2005 and did a lot of new things with um, Coach White, who was my coach. They were co-offensive – uh, coordinators, and it was great. And I think this has a potential to be just as good. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm also, you know, Matt knows this. I'm also, uh, we should win. We're going to win the national championship this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put your money down now. Buy right your now, tickets yeah. now or before long. You're not getting any seats. Head over to betonline.ag if you're uh, if you're <laughs> interested in, in putting your money where your mouth is. Or call <laughs> David and he'll get you seats in the new South End Zone. Yeah, you go. There you go. There you go. Support UW.org. <laughs> yeah. Everyone go online and make a donation. In David's honor. 
<laughs> and don't forget to write on the notes um, for the 2010 Ohio State return. I know David loves that. There you go. I'm going to start a scholarship in that the David, the, the David Gilworth kick return scholarship. Kick return scholarship, sixth, yeah, and then an asterisk, sixth ranked Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and support the next sixth ranked Minnesota. <laughs> David, that is perfect ending. You are, yeah. dude, you're a good sport, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I know Matt Perkins has been asking to get you on for like months. So it's true. Gosh, it's true it's, because the reason Bernie and I even like met was because I did a greatest bat, like a all 21st century Badger team. Wow. Put it up and did all the stuff on, on Instagram. You, sir, were the best kick returner of the 20th century per this. So I appreciate that. There's yeah. guys. There's, it was very close between you and Brandon Williams. It was very, very close. Brandon but, Williams up there. Jared Aberdeers is pretty good too. But he just did punts, Jared though, didn't he? Did, did he do kickoffs too? He did both. I don't think he I don't I don't think he did as well at kick return, but he was he was really good. He's really good. Just so, saying you're number one. You're number I appreciate one. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. We have some talent. We're ending with you being number one. Doesn't matter about the other guys. Jimmy Leonard's pretty good too. You're Jim number Leonard. one. Jim Leonard. He didn't do kick return. Mm. But he never fair caught a punt. I don't think he I mean he probably did one or two, but legitimately <laughs> they put yeah. the best guys out there and said he's gonna run it. And he did. It's kind of crazy. Wow. That dude's fearless for being, you know, you're talking about being 5'10". They probably listed him at 5'10", and he's like, what, 5'7", at best? Yeah. You don't have to be that tall to be a defensive coordinator, though. Dude, they, they get kids' pads for him. I know. Huh? <laughs> That's not so true. You, play, you played with him, right? Yeah, we came in together. Oh, shoot. I think I thought you were a little bit ahead of him, or a couple, a couple years. I mean, you, when you look at me and him, he looks young. He, he looks like he's like 23. Still, it's yeah. crazy. No, but yeah, he has no facial hair at all. He, I don't think he can grow facial hair. Nah. Special. That's awesome. I don't. I would never. Sh- I would hate to. Sh- I, I would never shave. No, I would never shave, but I hate shaving. It would be amazing. I shaved for this today. You should be thanking me for it. You look amazing. I just I know, look at the beard. You know how annoying it is to keep a beard. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's brutal, and to keep hair. Like I don't want to do this stuff. Stuff. We won't get into the deep weeds about how weird I am with hair. I just would like to press pause on it when I like what I look like <laughs> and for it to just not grow until I say like, oh, like grow a little bit more. So unrealistic. There we go. Down into the deep depths of this weird oh, brain. It's all good, man. No judgment here. This Listen, is a- Wisconsin created this. Whatever no this is. It is a no judgment podcast. All right. We went from six to 14 to number one, David Gilreath. You're the best, man. I hope to see you soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate both, Matt. Of course. Thanks. Until next time on Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger Football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by betonline.ag. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcasts. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.